Hey guys, and welcome to episode 87 of Podcast Reveals. On today's episode, we're going to be finishing up the Nolan trilogy, Batman Nolan trilogy, with The Dark Knight Rises from 2012. I'm one half of your friendly neighborhood podcasting duo, Alex Riggin, and as always, I am joined by Mr. Taylor Mitchell. Uh, Taylor, we're here. We're at the end of, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, the Nolan trilogy. Uh, I know when we started doing these Batman movies, it seemed like something so far away, and now it's crazy to me that we are finishing up with it. I know we still have some movies in our Batman watch through that we're going through, uh, but it's kind of sad going through knowing that we're recording this. I say it as if I can never watch it again. I own all three of these movies, uh, but I felt a little bit more of the... Uh, you know, the, the heartstrings being tugged watching through, you know, this time. Uh, I just mentioned off air there was a little bit more appreciation watching these movies within a matter of a month and a half. So you understand what I've been talking about then? Like, yeah. That I always watch these movies very close together. That I feel like they're appreciated and enjoyed better as a trilogy. Especially, I would say, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. I think those two yeah. watch together... I think that you can still watch Batman Begins and and then pick up later, but you know what I mean, yeah. with the Dark Knight, and still get the same sort of appreciation to it. But I feel like with the time lapse that happens after Dark Knight and then to Dark Knight Rises, and then kind of it was it was easy to forget from you know when in two thousand eight when Dark Knight came out and then Dark Knight Rises. Um, you know, kind of not what happened, so to speak, but just, well, just the implications you... of the Dark Knight, and then how it went into the Dark Knight Rises, and even it had been a while since I had watched this, but even watching it um, now, I even in my head I thought like, oh well, did they like do this movie and have to like change a bunch of things because he he. Ledger, you know, passed away or whatever, but that's not really the case at all. I, there's there's really not anything that. Uh, there isn't a Joker mentioned in this movie, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, and I and I believe that was done on purpose, uh, not out, as a negative thing, of as course, res- out, out of respect. respect. So he thought um, but there didn't need to be. I didn't think so with this one. I mean, everybody kind of already knows what happened. You get that it's implied through what happens with uh, Two Face, and yeah. and how Harvey Dent is um, portrayed, or you know what I mean, how how that character. Uh, is brought back up in this movie. Yeah, so... Um, and, and I think watching them so close together, you pick up on the parallel lines and themes and stuff going through. You pick up on, like, the relationship between Bruce and Alfred and how that um, develops and then, you know, crashes and then... Yeah, deteriorates. Kind of gets, we have that heartwarming moment at the end. And, yeah. Uh, him, and, him and Gordon, for sure. There's all those things. You, you, you grow appreciation for those the small... Yeah. minutia of the movie yeah um that you wouldn't if you were watching them all separately and so i mean i don't want to bring the be a downer here but um we talked about the tragedy with heath ledger this movie brought about its own tragedy yep with the opening weekend in aurora colorado yep with the midnight screening um there was a uh I don't know. A gunman. Uh, yeah, a gunman. A, a monstrous a-hole. I don't know what to call him. But yeah. that he took it upon himself to um, open fire on people. There was 70 people injured. 12 people were killed. Yep. And it was the deadliest shooting in Colorado since Columbine, it says. Um, and it was 
it was super tragic, obviously. I mean, that's without being said. But also, though, like, I remember not... I, I, I was trying to think about this the other day. I'm almost certain I saw a midnight screening of this movie. And then when I heard this happen, I remember feeling uncomfortable going to the movie theater for a long time after this. Yeah. Especially with, like, a big opening weekend and stuff. Yep. And, it, I mean, there's... I don't... I just was uneasy about it. It wasn't... I mean... It wasn't worth it to me, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I had ever... I don't... I hadn't planned to see this at midnight. In fact, I, I remember, I think I opened at, uh, at McDonald's that next morning because I was waking up, reading about all this stuff happening through whatever social media at the time. I, it must have been Twitter. Um, and going into work and I think talking about it with... I want to say... It doesn't matter who was there, but just talking about it with people at mm-hmm. work. Uh, maybe somebody who had actually seen the movie at at midnight. I don't even remember seeing this movie in theaters. I would have had to have, um, but I don't remember see- seeing it in theaters. Yeah. But it was it was unsettling, and it definitely it changed the experience of seeing movies at midnight. It really does. It, it really does. Or opening weekend, even. Yep. And this is always something ever since this time, even though I wasn't there. And there are. Things that have happened in movie theaters, you know, even after this or whatever. But uh, I, I still feel really weird being in a movie theater. And I always feel like I'm, mm-hmm. like, looking around. Like, I have, like... That's dumb. But you plan these things out. And it's, like... It sucks because... Like your escape route or what yeah, would you do? Or, or like, yeah. am I just going to, like, hit the deck? And, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. You know, all these things that go through your mind. And, yeah. you are like, man, this really sucks. Because this is one of those pleasures of life. You know what I mean? And, listen, it's not, like... I've seen movies in movie theaters plenty of times even after this or whatever. But it's just yeah. things you think about. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm cowering in my house and peering out because I'm afraid right. to go outside and because I can already hear the people say, you can't be afraid. You know, that sort of thing. Well, right. And, and I mean, let's see. I have a lot of fond memories of seeing movies opening weekend and seeing movies at midnight. We've seen a lot like of them that. together. Yeah. I don't know if a lot, but uh, quite a few. And just like that experience of the crowd and people being excited about something. Yeah. And this kind of kind of hurt it and... and I mean, that, that's the smallest grapes. Obviously, there's families affected uh, deeply by the deaths and the injuries and yeah. uh, trauma that were involved in all this. So, I don't know. It was it was it put a, a damper on on the opening weekend of this movie, and it it affected people in a, in a way that um, unfortunately didn't need to. So, I didn't I didn't I didn't want to go the whole episode without talking about that. I feel like it was yeah. important to, yeah. to mention. Um, but now we can we can move on um, from there and, and talk about the uh, the movie itself. But yeah, so um, it was weird because we talked about this the Dark Knight that Christopher Nolan had no intentions of making a third movie at that point. Yeah. Which again, I I want to I want to have a dinner with him and, and talk to him about this Justice trilogy. There's so many things I want to pick his brain about. Yeah. Um, he's he's on my short list of people I'd like to have dinner with, and that. Age-old question of who would you want to have dinner with? Yeah. Um, but, because I want to know, like, okay, you didn't have any intentions of making a third movie, but you had to have at least thought about it. Yeah. And, like, did it look like this at all? Or was it, like, mm-hmm. how different was it? Um, when you had Heath Ledger, and he was still with us, and you had him in the middle of that role of Joker, and you saw how, like, amazing it was, did you think about what he would look like in a new movie? Yeah. Um, but this movie, they took a different route. They went with Bane. And I don't, again, 
was Bane ever talked about with him or did they, was it an intentional choice to go with a completely different type of character because of the tragedy surrounding Heath Ledger? Yeah. I don't know. But, um, so Bane was a character that was birthed out of the nineties and it was during a time in comics when DC was taking a shellacking in sales, if you will, (laughs) because it was all Marvel in the early nineties. Yeah. It was back when they had Tom McFarlane doing Spider-Man. They had Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld on X-Men and X-Force. And they were just killing it. They were the, the pinnacle. DC was number two. Then Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Tom McFarland, uh, Wes Potassio, Jim Valentino, missing a couple other names, uh, went off to make Image Comics. And that became the number two. And DC was number three. And DC was just taking the shellacking because Image... I mean, some of their titles were even outselling Marvel at the time. Wow. It was really this pivotal thing at, in comics, which is, like, wild to me. It, it would be as if, to put this in pro wrestling terms, if ECW was all of a sudden to have better ratings than WCW and WWE. Yeah. Like, it would be that crazy. Yeah. Like, yes, it was this big, very niche, cultural, iconic thing in pro wrestling, but it was never number two, even. Um, but Image very much was, and DC was number three. So DC then killed Superman yep. with the death of Superman. That's how they sold the comics. And then they were like, well... And then their sales went back down after that. Yep. And they're like, well, what do we do now? Like, Let's do something with Batman. But we can't kill him, so let's break his back. So then they had the, the Nightfall um, saga, if you will, with uh, Nightfall and Night's End. And it was this huge crossover event. It lasted a few years. Yeah. And have you read Nightfall? I have. Okay. Yep. Uh, it it was it's very good. The yeah. the comic book I I enjoyed it very much. Um, and the way that character of Bane is portrayed in that comic book, and we talked about this a little bit with the Batman and Robin movie and that awful portrayal of Bane in that movie. Um, but he's very much this like mastermind as well as this super powerful character. Yeah. That he throws he like basically un- unleashes every villain and out of Arkham. Yeah. And has Batman go through each one of them until he's, like, just completely exhausted. And then he... And then he breaks his back. Yep. So, like, Batman's mentally exhausted. He's physically exhausted. He's at his wit's end, going crazy because he doesn't know what Bane's up to. And then Bane breaks his back. And then Batman eventually passes the mantle on to Jean-Paul Valley. Yeah. Not Dick Grayson, which is obviously a point of contention. Jean-Paul goes nuts and starts killing people. Yep. He takes it too far and he kills Bane. And then the conclusion is when, uh, or he doesn't kill Bane. I think he just incapacitates him. Yeah. And then at the conclusion of it, Jean-Paul Valley and Batman, Batman takes over the mantle again by fighting through. Yeah. That. So it's like this very much, this trilogy of events. Yep. Very good story. Um, and it's, it's tough because every time that came up in topic of like, well, how would you tell Bane's story on screen? You would need more than one movie. Yeah. I thought they did a fantastic job in this movie telling just one isolated story of Bane. Um, obviously, it helps cutting out the whole Jean-Paul Valley thing. But to have the escalation of... Um, and even just like the wraparound story of like the League of Shadows is so prominent in Batman Begins and their goal is to destroy Gotham from within. Yeah. Uh, have Gotham destroy themselves with, from within. And then that didn't work. Yep. So then we get the Joker thing. League of Shadows doesn't really come up at all in Dark Knight. No. And then Dark Knight Rises, we dipsy-doodle back to where 
we find out Bane was excommunicated from the League of Shadows. We don't know what that's about. Um, but his goal is to destroy Gotham himself, almost uh, not with it from within, but to he's going to do it himself. He's destroy it, and he's going to create this like anarchy, basically, with the people. Of like, he's like, no, the people have the power. I can do a Bane voice. Yeah, um, it's Sean Connery, but yeah, such an interesting choice, though. Like the Bane voice, I love it. Like you think of when you're reading the, the Nightfall comic books before this Bane even existed. You think he has? You just think like a standard gruff voice or yeah. like a deep voice, like "I'm going to destroy you." Yep, um, that's even probably too hokey. But the fact that Tom Tom Hardy, I almost called him Tom Holland. Um, Tom Hardy, right? Yeah. Okay. Tom Holland, Spider Man, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was not Bane. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Uh, it was his choice to do the voice, and it was just such an interesting choice because, like. I don't know. You think about it, that voice. If you were to do the voice, walk in a room and say, I'm going to do Bane like this. Yeah. I would start laughing and be like, that's yeah. hilarious. Like, like whoa. Like, you're going to be Bane with that. But it's, it's so unsettling. Like, it's so, like, I don't know. I love it. No, no, no. I, I think after, I think initially when it came out, I think it was one of those things where, um, I think people kind of laughed at it initially. Um, but over time, I really enjoy it. I, like, I just think that there's something menacing about it yeah. you know what I mean like when it's and and that's the whole point with this Bane too is that the performance itself was incre- really really good I think it gets overshadowed because the last villain was Heath Ledger's Joker oh, yeah. and anything following that up is going to be in that shadow a little bit but but it took a good direction of being so different. It did. It, yeah. it really did. Because you had kind of the, you had the mental, you know, he was smart. He had this plan and you had the brawn. You know what I mean? Where he yeah. was just, and they really got that over where he was just like this physical, you know, beast without him being, you know, paranormally a physical beast, which was interesting in this, um, the world that is the Dark Knight trilogy is that, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, everything is more realistic. It wasn't like he had, like, the super, you know what I mean? Like, these steroids venom, that were injected, yeah. in, you know, the venom, yeah. But they, they allude to it, they don't really hit it dead on, but they allude to it being, like, a, a morphine-type deal. It's where, like, he basically doesn't feel pain. Yeah. So that, and you think about that, like, the thing that I was, whenever I heard the concept and was hearing him talk about yeah. it, it made me think of this this dumb jock in high school that, like, I had so many classes with this kid, and I, it was the typical, I'd razz him because he yeah. was a dumb jock. Yep. And then he'd, like, try to beat me up and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think he actually went on to become, like, a amateur MMA fighter, so he probably could have killed me. But <laughs> he told me about this one time. He was, like, drugged up on painkillers because something happened. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But then he went to go to the bench press, and he, like, bench pressed, like, 80 pounds more than he normally would because he couldn't yeah. feel anything. Yeah. But then the next day, he like his muscles were just like torn to shit. Like I'm sure because of that. So you think about that, like that's probably more of a mental pain. thing. You know what I mean? Like I think it's it, it probably dumbens down a part of your right. your your. But brain. also, you're able to push yourself further because you don't you can't feel that. Yeah, you got to think like what stops you from. Yeah, that's true. Doing anything physical is the pain it starts to set in. Yeah, um, but and there probably is some dumbness too. But um, so think about that, like being so. He is overly strong in a supernatural way because he doesn't feel that yeah. threshold of pain. Yeah. And um, so that, that was an interesting way to go go around the Venom concept. Yeah. 
that they use in the Dark Knight where the venom's in his veins or whatever. But um, just a really interesting choice. And, and they, Tom Hardy's awesome. I, I don't know. I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. And, and then this is, you know, at this point you start to get to the, the point with the, the Christopher Nolan movies where there's a lot of um, carryovers from previous films or, you know, different things. Like that. Especially Inception. This has Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marion Cotillard, Cotillard, or whatever, however you pronounce her name. Um, Tom Hardy was in that movie. Uh, Tom Hardy's in Inception too. Yeah, I need to see the movie. I've... I know you've been telling me for years, but it's fantastic, man. Michael Caine is in that movie, so you you, you get like Inception light. Um, I don't know if I'm missing anybody um, from those movies, but but yeah, Tom Hardy's. Have you seen uh, Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, he's uh, good in that one too. It's a good movie. Yeah, um, I haven't seen Venom. Obviously, neither have I. Not that that's like one of his darling rules of acting yeah. or whatever. Wasn't he in? Uh, was he in Avatar? Am I crazy to think about Tom Hardy? Him? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. What was like one of his early roles? Was it Terminator? That dumb Terminator movie with Christian Bale. I think he was in that. What am I thinking of? He was in some movie like way back when. Because I remember it being the only movie I was familiar with him in from. Um, going into this Bane role. And I'm looking it up right now. Sucker Punch. That's a movie we need to review. Black Hawk Down? No. Uh, I don't see anything on there that would have made me be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's in Inception before. Inception was before this movie. Uh Uh-huh. It was the in-between. Yep. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't familiar with him at all before this one. Um, but I don't, the opening scene, though, let's talk about that, because the opening scene is fantastic, and it, it's, yep. it very much mirrors the uh, opening scene of Dark Knight and the fact that it's like this really intelligent way of a heist, kind of. Yep. Um, and it's like thought-provoking, I guess, in a way that it's, everything goes perfectly to plan. Yeah. And it was also unsettling. I love the fact that the guy, when they're, like, about to take... Because it's like... I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you haven't seen it, but <laughs> they're taking over this plane, and they have another plane over the top of it that's, like, yeah. hijacking it, basically. Think of, like, a, a carjacking, but with planes. So it's, like... It's really insane because it's in the air. It's really weird watching rewatching that because the guy, the CIA, the main CIA guy, um, plays a character in the Game of Thrones TV show, and um, he plays Peter Baelish. Uh, he is. Yeah. Oh. Isn't the guy? Hold on. Keep going. Uh, and so it's just really weird seeing him number one speak um, in an English accent because I'm pretty sure he is not um, American. Aiden Gillen. Uh, yeah, he's Irish. Um, He's on the wire. Peaky Blinders, Dark Knight Rises. So it's just weird. Every anytime I see him on anything, because that's the thing that I think about. That I, I know him as Peter Littlefinger's Littlefinger Baelish from uh, the game, the HBO Game of Thrones uh, series. But yeah, that that whole opening scene where you know he tries to get himself captured or he that was his plan was to get himself captured and you get to hear his voice for the first time like there must be one of us in the wreckage brother yeah that's 
Um, that's what I was going to talk about. That it's so eerie and unsettling that when the guy's like, has a fire started? Or have yeah. we started a fire? And he's like smirking because he's so excited about killing himself. Yeah. He's so excited about dying for the cause. It's going to be, yeah, part of the, the bigger plan. Yeah, so it's like... And then they drop that thing down. It, 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 every time I watch it, it makes my stomach like turn because I'm always like... They don't show the plane hitting the ground, but just watching it like drop down, the, the camera effects in that movie or in that scene specifically were incredible because mm-hmm. it's got like the up, down, th- you know, like the above thing and then it drops the plane out from underneath them yeah. and they're just holding on. And like the... the Dr. Pavlov is yeah. such Pavlov. a great... Huh? Pavel. Pavel. Pavlov. Not Pavlov. Like <laughs> Pavlov's dogs. Yeah. Um, it's so great, too, because he's, like, panicking. He's like, what's happening? Yeah. And, like, when he's, like, taking the guy's... When he's taking his blood so that he can give it to the yeah, other Bane guy. Yeah, does that while they're experiencing turbulence at, right. you know, how many thousand feet. So he gives the blood to the other guy so that when there's wreckage and people, like, they're using his DNA to pronounce yeah. him dead or whatever. It's like, just... okay, he was on this plane. But they don't have to tell you that, too. It's like, they treat you like uh, you have a brain. And I love that. They don't talk down to you. Yeah. He's not like, I'm going to take your blood so that they will think you're dead in the wreckage. Yep. That's my terrible Bane impersonation. Um, but he's like panicking too and he's like, but Bane's just like sitting there like cool, calm, collected while he's like floating in front of the plane and stuff. Yeah. It's just so cool. It's such a cool opening scene um, of Bane. And then, um, well, and then we move on to the uh, the party scene, right? With the, the charity ball of yeah, so that's when... Celebrating the Harvey Dent Act. That's when, you know, James Gordon is... Presu- you know, he has the the letter in his, you know, in the breast pocket of his coat. And he's going to say, like, hey, guess what? The last eight years have been kind alive. Of a little bit. And it's interesting because, you know, they, they use the death of Harvey Dent to, you know... Uh, to make the Dent Act, which gives all these, you know expanded powers to the police which is very interesting because i feel like it's like a question of like big government type of thing like very fascist yeah yeah it's like hey you know what i mean like because this person died he was you know a martyr for the cause you know what i mean and a even though he was this terrible person it's really well i shouldn't say terrible person even though he had a terrible ending and he was a not so good person there right but the the acceptance of the dent act and like we're talking about this kind of fascist leaning politics the acceptance of it by the gotham citizens isn't unrealistic because you think about it like um think about like 9-11 yeah and afterwards there's all these security protocols and airports and stuff and i'm not saying those are bad but like i think that was the height those, of like but if those, the government to keep us safe type of thing right but if the government put those in place say August 2001. Yeah. People would be like out crying saying like, yeah. what the like you're going to be patting me down like all this extra protocol this is you're a fascist state what's yeah. going on? But then tragedy happens yeah. and people are more accepting of it. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm not saying that it was no, right, it, right or wrong. I'm just saying that is how people yeah learn to accept things. So then this this whole dent act with all these mobsters and this corruption and and the joker and all this chaos they were more accepting yeah. of this thing. Because of everything that happened. And then, you know, they essentially eradicate um, organized crime. I couldn't think uh, think about it for a second. So, yeah, so that happens. Batman, Bruce Wayne is a recluse. 
Yeah, there's been... always rumors of him peeing in mason jars and he's disfigured and he <laughs> yep. has like nine inch long nails. Yeah. And... Yeah, so that opening scene, I mean, out past the Bane part, uh, we get all that. We get the, not off camera because it's on camera, uh, note that, uh, and you talked about this when we did The Dark Knight, about how the mayor's going to get ditch uh, Commissioner yeah. Gordon because he was a wartime hero, but these are peace yeah. times. Like, yeah. you know, he's always, there's nothing going on in the city, and he stills like, what's Second Watch reported in? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, he's right. still on. And they talk about his wife leaving, and, you know, she went to Cleveland, and, you know, all these different things, which is interesting that they picked Cleveland because this movie is set in Pittsburgh. Um, well, it's not set in Pittsburgh. Well, it's Filmed set in Pittsburgh. In, yeah, so it's just you got a little AFC North. I don't think that was unintentional. I don't think so either. I think it was very on purpose. I think so. And we'll get to the Steelers later. <laughs> oh, crap. i got to look at something. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you get that, and then you get the introduction of uh, Selena Kyle. And so, how did you feel having Selena Kyle as kind of a... What would we call her in this movie? Anti-hero? Villain? Yeah. Depending on the, the part of the self-serving... Well, I mean, she she turns back and forth. Yeah. Anti, but that's a that's a Catwoman character. Yeah. No, so, no, no. It, it felt very yeah. true to the Catwoman character in the sense of, I think you know the biggest thing with Catwoman has always been like I want to serve my needs first. She's always kind of had, she's been a villain who's had good intentions, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like she's not just like, like a, very much like Robin Hood, like uh, Bruce Wayne calls her in the third. Yeah, it's it's still for and, the rich to give to the poor type of thing. Right, and it's not. Much different than Elektra and Daredevil. And there's, there's lots of parallels to the Daredevil Batman character. Um, I mean, not Frank Miller wrote the iconic Daredevil run and then wrote iconic Batman stories, so it's not that crazy. But yeah. Elektra and Daredevil have this foil, too, where she's like willing to murder and kill people. Yeah. And Daredevil's like, no killing. Yeah. Catwoman and Batman have the same... Yeah. Same... Uh, ideologies uh, as those two like Catwoman's okay with killing people Batman's not we see that in this movie when he knocks the gun out of her hand and she's like that's no fun yeah. and then later she says I don't know about this no gun thing I like, to, I like shooting people yeah. <laughs> she doesn't say that but um, she does get to use the guns at the end though <laughs> I think Anne Hathaway is so underrated in this role yeah. I think she kills it I think she is of all the villains, I think all the villains and actors that played villains throughout the Dark Knight trilogy are all amazing and fantastic, but she kills this role. She is the definitive Catwoman to me, and it's going to be hard for anybody to surpass that. When this initially came out, and the first few times I watched it, I felt very indifferent about not only her performance, but then kind of her role into in the movie itself. And then after watching it... Um, Yesterday, actually. Yesterday evening I watched it. I have a a much bigger appreciation for not only her performance, but what her character brings. Because it Mm -hmm. is true that I think she helps, in the sense of the story of the the movie, helps Bruce heal in terms of, you know, he's been eight years, you know, kind of this recluse, thinking that the woman that he loved, you know, died... You know, wanting loving to be, him yeah, yeah. exactly being together with him and and then he finds out that that's not true you know Alfred kind of is like oh, we'll get to that yeah um, and so I think she kind of helps him heal and I think it's a it's a very underrated part of of the movie uh, is is their interactions together and then what they eventually you know they eventually 
run away together or disappear together or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Have their happy ending. Yeah. But there, there are these two tragic characters that come with a lot of baggage. Yeah. And they heal through that together. Yeah. Which isn't always the case in real life. No. Usually that ends in chaos and tragedy itself. But um, in this, it worked out. It's a movie. But she is amazing in this role. And the the way she turns... I talked about this scene in Batman Begins when... uh, The hotel scene when Batman's like the hoity-toity playboy. And then Rachel walks in and he's like... Like, You see it on his face. Like him shift to like... He's like, I am more. Yeah. Um, She does that multiple times throughout this movie. Yeah. And... In this scene, when she's the waitress and and or she's just this waitress, and then Bat Bruce Wayne shoots the arrow and she screams she's like ah, yeah, and she's like frightened and you're you think she's just this waitress like she yeah. that would frighten someone that yeah. isn't used to seeing violence, and then uh, and he's like, yeah, the uh, the pearls were in an uncrackable case and she said, yeah. oops, and yeah. then she like turns to nobody this, told like, me or you know yeah, and just like. Whoa, like it's yeah. just amazing. And then and she kicks his cane out and he falls down. Yep, and she flips out of the window. Yeah. Back flips out the window. <laughs> and then jumps in the congressman guy's car so yeah. perfectly. She get perfect getaway. Yep. Um, and then the scene when she's giving the fingerprints to, not Daggett, but the other guy. Uh, yeah. And she's like, did you forget the thumb? Yeah. And then he's like, basically going to kill her after she gives it to him. Yeah. She wants this uh, clean slate programmed, but it's going to clear her whole, any sort of uh, yeah. criminal record she has. Or any sort of tracing of her, um, and he doesn't hold up his end. The deal is gonna murder her. Well, he tricks her because he's she's kidnapped the congressman, yep. held him hostage, and makes this guy use his phone so the police, the SWAT team's busting in, and she like dives to the ground and starts screaming like she's just this panicked like damsel in distress. Yeah, and she plays it off perfectly. And then she sneaks out, but then she gets caught by another guy, and she's like, "He's in there. He's bleeding. Go help him." Yep. Like it's so perfect the, the how she like snaps in and out of the those rules. Amazing. You you can tell by those two scenes why she's such a good cat burglar and, and such a good thief, yeah, like absolutely. jewel thief. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about people that have an issue that they never use the name Catwoman in this movie? I didn't care. Those are probably the same people that were mad that uh, that uh, John Blake, his real name was Robin at the end. Yeah, we'll get to that too. Um, I love though. I don't. I don't. It didn't bother me either. And I do love that her her goggles when she flips them up turn into cat ears. Yeah. He does call her a cat burglar. Yeah. Um, it was fine with me. You know who she was. It didn't. I, I mean, she's Selena Kyle. Are, exactly. Yeah. Those things are. It's always hokey to me when. It, sh- it should feel normal when, when a superhero gets a name. Like, it shouldn't be the ho- superhero being oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, like, I'm Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just coming up with himself. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that one's pretty straightforward. You know what I mean? But it's not like Superman it, woke but it, up it's and like, was like, hey, I'm Superman, you know, going back to our... It's like the douchebag that episode. makes it, comes up with their own nickname. Exactly. Like, there's this... Uh, we were just watching Big Brother 20. We're 20 seasons deep now. Jesus. Um, my wife and I are, are binge-watching Big Brother. We have been. We're almost done. Well, there's this douchebag on that calls himself Swaggy C. He comes up with the nickname himself. He has T-shirts. He's handing them out. Swaggy C, man. Swaggy C. And he gives himself the nickname. Like, I don't want to associate with anybody that gives himself a nickname like that and makes <laughs> T-shirts. Then where's their nickname on a T-shirt? Swaggy P, man. Nick Young. I think that's where he, he probably knocked it off. Or Sure. Because Swaggy P was earlier, I think. He's been around for a handful of years, right? Yeah. He was drafted, like, Kobe years. Right? 
Or Swaggy P? Yeah, no, he's he's more recent. Is he's he? still in the league. Yeah, but he was like a rookie during Kobe one of Kobe's latter years, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Anyways. No, I, I didn't have an issue with that, and I thought, you know, you can tiptoe around it, and, it, and certain things can be, there's a difference between, you know, an, an homage, which is what we'll get into with John Blake or whatever, mm. you know what I mean, and his name being Rob, like, you know what I mean, it doesn't have to be, oh, this is Robin, but they changed the character, yeah. everyone knows this is Catwoman, you know what I mean, yeah. like, it's Selena Kyle, like, you know what I mean, it's not like they're saying, like, here's a cat burglar who... And her name's... Kyle, Kylina Selena. Yeah, Kylina Sly, or you know, Sly, yeah. or what, you know what I mean, the stupid shit like yeah. that. Where it's like, okay, that would be like, whatever. It's true to the character. Yeah, absolutely. It's a more true portrayal, comic book portrayal of well, Catwoman than Michelle, the Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer or the Halle Berry versions. Well, here's the thing. With this one, I, I really do think that she was the ultimate femme fatale, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where she used her sex appeal to get what she wanted but she was also very capable in of handling her own yeah absolutely which the michelle pfeiffer version maybe was a little bit more <laughs> one than the uh, you know what i mean her, hers was just a little off the rails yeah i remember and then halle berry I've, I've not seen that movie and i refuse but to my understanding she actually has like cat powers like i don't think it's like so on the nose but there's actually like a supernatural aspect to it and it's just like what are we doing here? But, I made reference to that movie sucking, and Regina's sister said, "Like, oh, I love that movie." No. Yeah. It's always so. <laughs> it's always so awkward when you get in situations like that. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, like Halle Berry, like she's trash. <laughs> it not Halle Berry herself, but like in that movie, like that movie's awful. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I just have heard all these things that it's awful. Which maybe I shouldn't be saying it's awful. Maybe I would really like it. She won a Raspberry for it. She's the, one of the few people that have won a, an Oscar in a ras- Raspberry. Is it? A Razzie. Razzie. She's yeah. one of the few people who won an Oscar in a Razzie. Yeah. She did not show up to the... Uh... Or did she show up? Did she? I feel like there's been some people... Because there was somebody, I feel like, in a calendar year. Again, we're, we're going off topic. That's what we're, we're good at doing. That won an Oscar in a Razzie, like, within... Not like a calendar year, but like... I don't think it was her. Within a year. She won it for Monsters Ball, and I think that was a 90s movie. The Oscar, I think. Yeah. Who knows? Anyways. Um... Anne Hathaway killed it. Uh, so, yeah, we also get this thing going on here. Well, let's talk about the John Blake character. So, yeah. Joseph, Joe Gordon-Levitt, um, I, I think he kills in this role, too. Hey, we're, we're big we're big uh, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt fans. Even, I've, I've been a fan of his since to... uh, Angels in the Outfield. Nice. Nice <laughs> reference. I'm glad that you knew that. Uh, I didn't watch Third Rock from the Sun, though. I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big Third Rock of the Sun fan. But I, I probably the first thing I remember him was 500 Days of Summer. Oh, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Love and then movie. he's in in Inception. I watched that movie recently and it still holds up. Um, but yeah, Joe Gordon loved it. He's a, he's a fun actor. And he, I liked him in the uh, 50-50 movie too with, uh, with uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I forgot about that. So, yeah, Joe Segura loved it. He's playing this John Blake character. So he's like this... He's not a rookie cap, but he's a newer cap. We haven't but seen this him. is a character that's only in the movie. This is not a comic oh, book no. character. Yeah. This is new to the movie. Yep. Uh, it's in the Nolanverse, if you will. So he right away he's the straight arrow cap that wants to he's a do gooder. Yeah. He, you can imagine this is how uh, Jim Gordon was back um, in the opening the, the early scene when he's putting the coat around yeah. young Bruce Wayne. 
and he's like that rookie yeah. cop. You can imagine he's giving his boss yeah. as much crap as Joe Gordon-Levitt does with his boss. Yeah. Because he's like, when the sewer scene, when the, there's like the explosion, and he's like, we know who's down there. It's it's the commissioner, sir. Yeah. And he's like, somebody get the hot head out of yeah, here. Yeah, somebody get this hot head out of here. Yeah. He's talking about, like, that's a gas explosion. He's like, it's a sewer. Like Yeah. And so Jordan, Joe Gordon-Levitt's just like, all right, I'll get out of here. And then he goes and finds Jim Gordon comes out of the uh, yeah. the Narrows. Um, but he's, so he's instantly the moral do-gooder. He, uh, even at one point when he shoots the guy, one of those guys at the truck and like, yeah. he's trying to like fight him off and he shoots both of them and he kills him. Yeah. And he like finds out that he's like, now I don't have a witness because he's dead. So yeah. I can't like question this guy and figure out any information. Yeah. And also he probably doesn't feel too good about killing this guy. No. So then he, that's when he throws away his gun. And later, towards the end of the movie, he throws away his badge. So he says, um, character in conflict. Like, and it, it's an interesting ju- juxtaposition to Gordon because we even see them and their relationship together. And Gordon is like, up to this point, the ultimate straight arrow cop, like the yeah. ultimate do-gooder cop. But he's even willing to go into those gray areas because he realizes things aren't black and white. He's, he's lived the... Gray area, like you know what I mean. Yeah. He's he's lived through the Joker. He's towed that line. He's yeah, and but still, morally, he's done. He's still a good cop. He's done right by the city. Yeah. However, Joe Gordon Levitt's like not satisfied with his decisions. Yeah. Even to the point when Bane reads reads that letter that you, you just referred to, um, it's not only his re- letter of resignation, but it's his letter of telling the truth about what happened to Harvey Dent. Yeah. Bane's pronouncing it to the world, or at least yep. Gotham City on on TV. And uh, and he's like, and they're arguing, and, and Gordon's like, well, I hope if you're ever in a situation like that, you have someone that can help keep your hands clean. Yeah. And Joe Gordon Levin's like, I keep calling him Blake. Blake is like, your hands look mighty dirty to me, sir. Yeah. And kind of like denounces him at that point. Yeah. Like, loses respect for him in that moment. Yeah. Um. It's kind of like. It's interesting. It's such an interesting scene because well, it's like that ideology of like when you're a cop, like you you got to be the best cop. So you can't imagine this person who is revered as the ultimate good guy yeah. has kept up the charade for eight years. The greatest cop ever. The because, the, the war hero, if yeah, you will. Because it was, you know, for lack of the better lack of a better term, it was for the greater good. It was you know the ruse that they had to keep up because, you know, they couldn't have done it the other. You know what I mean. Yeah, and it, maybe it is. I mean, it's such a subtle scene. You don't get a lot of development in, into the thinking of the Blake character. But you've you got to be thinking, like, maybe he's processing, like, this sounds really kind of fascist to me, like, these yeah. new, pro- like, we just talked about, like, because he even mentions, he's like, those people are in jail for this guy that's, like, corrupt? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, so those people shouldn't be in jail right now? Yeah. Like, is that what you're trying to tell me? And, and then you're thinking about it, it's like, but those are scumbags. So yeah. why are you so... Why does he want them to be exactly. free? Exactly. It's, but it's like... It's, it's, it's that great conundrum of like, well, what do you want? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, do you... But he's just so morally code, like, they shouldn't be in jail right now. Yeah. They're in jail because he lied. Yep. You're bad. Kind yep. of thing. Like, that's... It's just that black and white form. And, and it makes me wish there was more... A continuation of the story beyond this. And we'll get into that when we get to the climax. But... Because I'd like to see how that develops with the Blake character. Yeah. And... Because, like I said, he tosses his badge, and he's like, I'm done with this police stuff. Like, Well, and that's after he goes through the, you know, you go through this movie where, you know, he's trying to get the kids off of the island, because mm-hmm. I think this bomb's going to explode. And 
they blow up the bridge because they're he loses so his mind. They're so worried that they're going to set the bomb off. If they're they, going to set the bomb off if he walks, keeps if, walking yeah. down the bridge, or tries to take the kids off the bridge. Yep. Um. So, I mean, who else have we not talked about yet? Uh, I mean, I guess all the stuff with the the Wayne Industries. Uh, he goes bankrupt um, at the beginning of the movie. Well, there's all we've we see some new characters like Daggett, and, and, and this was, and I think this was one of the more convoluted, confusing parts of the story. At least for me, was this, you know, Wayne Enterprise isn't making money because he shelved this, he shelved this um, nuclear yeah. reactor thing, you know, the thing that becomes a nuclear reactor, and it was a little confusing at first. It's like, well, wait, like, why did he do it? Because then you have Miranda Tate. Who's like, hey, I need to talk to Bruce Wayne. I need to talk to Bruce Wayne, which we later find out that she's Talia Al Ghul at the very, 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 very end of the movie. Um, which I wish that I didn't mind it being that late in the movie, but it was. I wish it would have been, you know what I mean, a little bit earlier because she just kind of like was. It's almost like she was controlling everything that was going on through Bane, even though they didn't interact with it. You know what I mean? Like that's what, like he knew. And then you, obviously, after having seen the movie, you can see, like, he keeps her close, like, towards the end because they're like, yeah. he's going to come for her. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course he's going to come for her. Like, they did it next to a fireplace, like, in typical, yeah. like, movie, you know what I mean? Like, movie fashion. But it's just interesting to me, you know what I mean? I, it, how. Are you saying that these... you wish there would have been a scenes of, like, Bane, like, talking, like, not, not seeing Almost her like on screen? Almost like it's just a little like, bit more, like. That Bane's working for somebody? Yeah, or. Okay. or that she was evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like She the, gets like five minutes of screen time as Talia Ghul at the end and then she's, you know what I mean? And she's dead. I didn't mind it. No, I didn't mind it, but I just, it would have been like something like, ah, it would have been nice. Hmm. But I love, I, I love uh, marrying Cotilla, however you pronounce her name. She's, she's a good actress in all, in all the movies I've seen her in. Yeah, but there's a lot of political intrigue here because, um, yeah, like you said, so Wayne's invested into, Wayne Enterprises is invested into this project that's going to give us clean clean energy yeah. in Gotham City. This is like the next step. It's like, we've gotten rid of crime. How else do we make Gotham better? Yeah. Clean energy. Absolutely. Because you got to think, too, like, Batman Begins, it's very smoky and, like, polluted and uh-huh. gross. Like, you just imagine, like, it's having a different sense of smell there like yeah. it's just like your lungs can't breathe well <laughs> like it's just like it's gross yeah. like it's just very polluted and, and smoky and industry heavy um so that, it makes sense that they would want to have clean yeah. energy and then it changes it. somehow there's multiple bridges going in and out of gotham somehow there's more water around gotham hey eight years was a they were able to terraform <laughs> you know what happened was that gene hackman came in lex luthor and he Split the uh, he blew off the coast. That's what it was of Gotham, and then it created the the whole sea, the Bayside. All, all for real estate. Yeah, that was the uh, last movie we re reviewed last week was uh, Superman, the movie from nineteen seventy eight. I don't think we mentioned that plot about how he's trying to we blow off the coast to uh, just to make a quick buck. <laughs> create yeah to have better real estate on in Arizona or whatever, or Nevada was it Nevada? I thought it was Arizona. But maybe it was Nevada. Was he trying to blow Nevada? Because it, it was California for sure. Yeah. He was trying to blow up. Anyways, um, yeah. So they're trying to have clean energy. Bruce gets word that someone that this Pavel guy learned how to make this like a nuclear weapon. Yeah. So he shuts down the project. But yeah. Wayne Enterprises and 
Tate, Miranda Tate, have invested so much money into this project that it starts sinking Wayne Enterprises. And also, we get kind of, they, they don't allude to this so much, but Wayne's stock, because I remember they went public yep. in Batman Begins. Um, the, the stock probably isn't doing too well because Bruce Wayne, the head of the company, the face of the company, has been gone for eight years. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. The, he has some power and control still. So it's like the, the thing where it's like, it's like when uh, Elon Musk smoked pot on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he lost the stock was like shit after that because people are boy, like, "This guy's lost his mind!" Like, boy, what's he doing? Too bad we couldn't have bought stock in Tesla then, because it's up the butt now. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I mean, I don't follow stock close as closely like you do, but yeah, I'm sure. Um, but it's that same thing though. Like he's Elon Musk was the face of the company. Yeah, he's smoking pot, which is like, how dare he? Right? Yeah. Um, but people think he's like this loose cannon. Like, what's he going to do tomorrow? He's, he's going to blow up the company. Yep. Like, get all of my stock out of there. Yeah. You want that stable person running mm-hmm. the thing. So, like, you don't know what Bruce is going to do. He, he burned his mansion down one, <laughs> one night. That's true. On his birthday. Uh-huh. He's, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, he disappeared for eight years before yeah. that. Like, when he, after school, like who? Now he's been gone for eight years again. Like what the hell? Last time he came back after eight years, he burned his house down. What is he gonna do this time? What is he gonna? He's do gonna this? burn down Gotham. <laughs> uh, so, I found it really. I mean, I didn't mind the story of like the nuclear reactor and all this other stuff or whatever, but it definitely seemed. I don't know, like a convenient storyline. Like you're telling me, if you're really worried about this, like if you were this eccentric billionaire philanthropist and you created something that could be clean energy or whatever, but you're like, oh, it could also be turned into a bomb. Oh, I don't know the science behind it. <laughs> no, 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 no but, but, but what I'm saying, I'm not arguing the science. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sure it's whatever. But I'm just arguing that if you were in that position, you'd be like, I don't care what happens. Like, we probably shouldn't just have something that could be turned into a bomb sitting oh. under Gotham. Right. Like, when you have the ability to flood it and kill it anyways. Exactly. And just say, like, you know what? This is... Say la vie. It... <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I guess it's a lot of money. But I would have to think to myself, like, uh, clean energy. Like, maybe we'll go back to the drawing board. Like, this is really important. Maybe we make something that doesn't have the ability to blow up Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Since it's a freaking, you know what I mean? Neuron, neur, uh, nuclear, you know what I mean? Like, it's an that... atom bomb. That, however, isn't the major flaw that I teased for this. this yeah, I was gonna movie. say we got to get into this major flaw: neutron bomb. Well, the neutron bomb of storytelling. Oh boy, here we go. This is the one major flaw in this whole trilogy. There, there's flaws if you want to be like nitpicky, sure. Yep. But this is the one where I'm like, I can't get past this, and it's when Blake reveals how he knows who Batman is. This is like the most piss poor explanation for how this character has found out who Batman is that I've ever heard in any superhero movie ever. When it just kind of happens like whatever like it's just like thrown out there like yeah like like I'm an orphan and you're an orphan and I saw your face and yes and so I knew. this monologue that he delivers the delivery of the monologue is incredible great yeah. acting yeah yep. by Joseph Gordon-Levitt but the point of the monologue is so stupid <laughs> so he knows who Batman is <laughs> Because Bruce Wayne walked into an orphanage when he was a kid, yep. had a girl on his arm, and yep. had a look on his face that showed that he was hiding his pain. Yeah. Makes sense, right? That's how he knows who Batman is. Yeah. How do you link 
even if he sold it, even even though I I can't even get past the fact that he sold, you're hiding your pain. Yeah. How does that link to? Well, those things are always hokey, Batman. anyways. No, this is beyond hokey, though. Like this doesn't make any sense. to but me. But anytime someone's like, I could see it in your face, like I know. Oh, like, what yeah. it, you know, like those things are always hokey. But right. then the fact that he's he let's says take it up this, a notch. Then he says this to Bruce Wayne, and Bruce Wayne offers little to no resistance to like not even say like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, type yeah. of thing. Like, has he just like stopped giving any shits? Like, is this at the point of the movie where he's like, no, oh, like I already know, like. You it got would, me. <laughs> it would be one of those things if Batman was actively fighting crime. And he's like, you know what? I've been watching this this John Blake guy. He seems like a straight arrow. Like, this is kind of Gordon's successor. Like, I should be... I mean, I guess with that point, you could argue... Because we, we had a similar occurrence in The Dark Knight when uh, Mr. Reese, Mr. Yep. Reese was uh, going to out who Batman was. And Morgan Freeman's like... Wait a minute. So you telling me that your client's a billionaire that beats people to a pulp and you want to blackmail him? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Maybe at this point, because he's not out there fighting crime, maybe Bruce is like, I can't go toe-to-toe with this guy. I can't hide this. If he starts ruffling feathers and starts uh, kicking rocks and or whatever, you, what's, what's the phrase? Yeah, sure. We'll kicking tires and, and yeah. trying to like cause a, fuck, like a ruckus. Freudian <laughs> 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 wow. slip. Wow. Cause a ruckus about this nonsense, then I can't really fight it, and it's going to cause this whole thing. So maybe I should just be yeah. like, okay, dude, you got me. I I will... I can argue that point. But the fact that he figured out who Bruce Wayne was Batman because of this, so stupid. I, I That's going to be my thing that I tell Christopher Nolan. That's, I'm going to wait till the end of the dinner that I have with him, because I don't want him to kick me out right away. Delightfully, sir. Explain to me how you could have rewritten this to make it make more sense. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it was one of those things where it felt lazy in the sense of like we need Blake to know who Batman is because it plays a bigger purpose. In... Like, what if? What but if... but then this, I think they kind of missed the mark with the reveal the whole time. Now, when Batman first goes down to fight Bane, or the the, the first time he goes, yeah, the first time he goes down to fight him. Oh, the sewers. Yeah, Selena takes him there and she kind of double crosses him. She's like, "Sorry, I need to get these guys off my back. Like it was you or me." And he's like, let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne, or whatever. Yeah. And she looks genuinely shocked or whatever. But then it was like, that shock just like went away. Like, he disappears for how many ever months and then comes back. And it just, I feel like it was not handled in the bed. It felt yeah. shades of, <laughs> of 90s Batman movies where it was just like, <laughs> here, let me tell everybody who Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. Because, like, whatever. And you even get a little bit of Alfred hey, in here you where know, he's like... Uh, he's Bruce Wayne. You even get a little bit of Alfred in here where he's, like, you know, trying to play Mac Daddy again. Like, you know, she's very lovely, you yeah. know, type of thing. Um, so I don't know. Like, I I thought her reaction to it at first was, like, like, whatever. But I just expect that when somebody finds out that Batman is Bruce Wayne, like, that's a big deal. Yeah. Like, it would be more than me being like, huh, like, that's Bruce Wayne. I'd be like... What the but what hell? If, but what if you gave... So here's my... And this is just... I'm just riffing now. I never, I never put much thought into this. But what if, like, whatever movie it was, Batman begins when the little kid's on his on his stoop and Batman's up there and he's like, my friends won't believe me that I yeah. saw you. And he, like, throws him the little bat device or whatever it is. And, like, the kid has it. Like, what if that was Joe Gordon-Levitt's character, John Blake? You know, this was 
the math probably works out. That was probably like 10, 11 years ago at this point, right? Yeah. He'd be in his early 20s, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What if he like became a detective and like run fingerprints or like started like following Batman and like was figured like that story would make more sense to me, even though it's still cokey. This little kid would start running fingerprints and stuff. I get that. But it would make more sense that he would be able to figure out who Batman was than I saw this look on your face and I just knew. Only Batman could have that look on his face. <laughs> what? I like your version a little bit better. If, if that's like he's like, as he gets older, this inspires him to get into yeah. crime fighting. And then he's like, I need to know who Batman is. But then you run into like, does he become obsessed with it? And then he's like, but he, uh, you know, Blake's character asks a few times in the early in the movies, like, don't you want to know who he is? And he goes yeah. to Gordon. It's like, don't you care who this guy is? Yeah, it is true. He's like, I mean, like, don't you ever look at people's faces and see yeah, them just I, like the, they're hiding pain and think like, great. is that Batman right there? Yeah. What, what, do I look like Batman? <laughs> oh, wait, no, you're not an orphan. You can't, you <laughs> I'm, can't be. I'm too chipper to be, uh, to be Batman. <laughs> No, it's it's true, and I think the whole progression of where it's just like, it felt like the point that they wanted to make with the story was that this guy was going to be the successor. Right. And so we kind of have to make this point because it's like, you know, we're the And masters. I'm 100% fine with Not the... Not only to protect yourself, but to protect yeah. the ones you love. I'm 100% fine, with the, 100% fine with them taking over the mantle and all that stuff. I think there's an interesting story to be told there. Um it would be my dream to write that story. So Christopher Nolan, if you're uh, listening, but so I'm fine with that. It's just like, it's just this one scene. And the one fact about how he figures out who Batman is. Yeah. Is just such shit, shit writing. Yeah. I, I agree with and, that. And they, it's not even like they had to put in thought into it because they gave him this big, long monologue. Yeah. So they, they were writing out this monologue I would like to ask Joseph Gore-Levitt how he felt delivering his monologue because he's yeah. an intelligent guy. Like, was he thinking like, well, this is stupid, but I guess I'll do my best with it. Yeah. Or was he... Maybe he'll give you another perspective of it. Maybe. I, I think I, I agree with that point. And I think there, the thing for me with this movie that I think I think about when this happened is that it ran into the trope of the villain who wanted to do something bad but waited till the end of the movie so it gave the good guy a chance to save the world type of thing. Well, and, and I understand that Bane had this whole, I broke you and I want you to watch Gotham's demise type of thing. Oh, yeah. But as a villain, isn't it your purpose to just to do evil? Especially a villain like this person. like Especially knowing what we know at the end where Bane is an operative of the League of Shadows and Miranda Tate is... Talia al Ghul, and she wants Gotham gone. I'm going to argue with you on this one. Because okay. he makes a good point, because he says, like, killing you is not enough, because that's what you want. And, and that's fine. So he wants to, like... And that's fine, but why wait five months for... And, and he, you, you survive, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't expect him to come out of that hole. But why not just, like, ding, ding, click the trigger, and you're done with it. And then Bruce Wayne, you know he's laying in this... in this cave... And he just watched the city that he loves the most get blown. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's my point. It's not so much that he didn't kill him. I can I can come to terms with the fact that okay. he wanted him to to suffer and to be. And, yeah. and, you know, there was this anguish of like, I'm, I've broken you physically. Going back to that nightfall thing. Now I'm going to break you f- mentally by you know being in this place where 
you know, the symbol, you know, the symbolism. Yeah, the hope of, of the sun. Yeah, absolutely. Blah, blah, all that fun stuff. Which, which I enjoyed those kind of, those parts where he's talking with the, the guys and he's jumping and da, 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 you know, whatever. Um, he's just jumping around. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the route that uh, um, Talia, after she stabs him, goes on this, the big, long, supervillain monologue. Well, Telling that's another point. Explaining the whole story. Yeah. Explaining how she met Bane. Enough time for. <laughs> while, while she's got this knife in his hand. <laughs> oh yeah, enough time for Gordon to be juggling the thing and. Uh, that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make uh, for good audio. Well, she has this knife in his gut or in his ribs the whole time, and she's like, "Well, Bane and I met on." <laughs> July yes, 1st my savior 1991 and, 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 and that's then the, that's we, the problem with overarching things like that that's why even in the dark night that you don't really have that thing because it's all part of like this plan that like he didn't want the you know what I mean like he didn't really care about the money it was all about like seeing what people would do you know what I mean meaning yeah. the joker like he didn't give a shit about the money he burnt the money down like he didn't there was nothing anybody could give him to get him what he wanted you know what I mean yeah. and so it's like okay if you're Bane if you're Talia Ghoul. Bruce Wayne's gone. Like uh, you know, Batman's gone. You know that he's gone, and that's what I mean earlier about finding out Talia Ghoul. Like, like what was she doing? Like, was this like okay? I'm gonna pretend to be Miranda Tate for five more months, and then we're just gonna let this bomb. Did they not actually want the bomb to go off, or they did? You know what I mean? It just feels like very wholly um, lazy writing, in a sense. It, Am I wrong? It's convoluted. I'll, I'll say a little I bit. I just don't think it, it translates well to a, a, a movie when you stop and think about it. And I think with these movies, I always try to look at them a little bit more intensely because they well, are yeah. revered. It's not like we're talking about the Toxic Avenger. I'm not going to be like, right. well, the Toxic Avenger. You know, well, the, the, way, the, the fact that these movies are so good and their merits are so well you know received. They're okay to be scrutinized. That's... It's out of that respect that we're scrutinizing. Of course. So yeah, that's that's my thing is that you know, what if you're a bad guy and you want to do something bad like, hey, we're finally gonna blow up Gotham. Why don't you just blow Gotham up? You have the bomb. You've already proven that you don't care to kill people. He blew up the mayor in his press box watching, watching Heinz Ward, run (laughs) before Heinz Ward. No, that was afterwards. What? No, it was before. No, it was afterwards. I'm sorry. I was going to say that the mayor didn't get blown up and then they played football afterwards. That would not be correct. It was during the... Uh... The speech afterwards. After, you know, when he's... But I feel like it was before the game. They wouldn't have played football after the mayor got blown up, right? <laughs> that didn't I, happen in this I movie. thought the, that, that got blown up while he was making the kick return. And then he comes out and gives the speech, right? Yeah, he, he makes the kick return and the field blows up. Yep, and, and then he comes it. out. And then it... <laughs> Yeah, and he comes out and... Then the press box blows yeah. up. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I... But let's talk about Heinz Ward real fast, though. Sure. So, this was filmed in Pittsburgh, and the uh, Gotham Knights football team here was very much... Had the yellow and black colors of Pittsburgh, the Steelers. Yep. A lot of Steelers players were on the sideline. And Heinz Ward here, um, if you're not... A, for any football fans, or non-football fans out there, he was a receiver on the, the Steelers for, uh, I don't know... Ten years. Ten years, yeah, like from nineteen ninety eight through two thousand eleven, so thirteen years. Yeah, exclusively for the Steelers wide receiver. He was not known for being a speedy receiver. <laughs> he was like the the nasty like I'm gonna block the crap out of your receiver, and he's like very reliable on possession, you know, yeah. third downs and stuff like that. 
not known for kick returns. So it always cracked me up that he was a kick returner on this. So I, I went, I did the trouble of looking up to see if he ever returned a kick in his career. Oh. He uh, returned eight kicks in his career. Okay. Which is way more than I thought. Yeah. Because, again, he was never known as a speedy receiver, which is usually the speedy receivers are the kick returners. Yeah. And he returned one punt for two yards, which I'm assuming was like a mistake. That he was just like yeah. the guy that caught the ball. Uh, he was, so he uh, he averaged twenty six yards on the on a return on all of his eight kick returns. So not bad. It's not bad. But that, those were, those all took place in ninety nine and two thousand. So the early part of early his part of his career. Well, what's interesting is to me is that you know I'm sure that when they made this, they didn't give a shit about who was. No, it was a, it was a cameo. But, but Mike Wallace makes a cameo. Mike yeah. Wallace was a speedy guy. He could have been the one to run right. the thing back. But I think it was because Heinz Ward. He's an iconic. Of course. Steelers player, especially of the modern era. Of course. That's why he, they picked him. It was just, it, as a football fan, it's funny to me to see him returning kicks. Yep. But he does a kick return. He's returning it, and he's just like, just hustling down the field. Like, he's yeah. like, oh man, nobody's going to get me. Yeah. And it's because the field's blowing up yeah, behind him. And he turns around, around and he's like, like, oh wait, hey, I just ran a touchdown. Yeah. Like, I got a touchdown. He's but... like, did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> did I do that? He's like, oh, Steve Urkel. But see, and, and then it goes back to that thing where he, Bane brings out. Uh, Pavel has him turn the thing into a bomb. Oh, it's so. And then breaks his neck. Yeah, that's all that. So then, you know, then they have. That's that's creating. But it's, but it's going back to my point of like, just blow up the stupid thing. Like they were obviously okay with with dying for a greater purpose. I'm not saying he was just gonna blow it up right then and there, but you know, what, why go to the trouble of of releasing all the people from Blackgate and uh, instituting martial law and all this other stuff? And having these kangaroo courts with Scarecrow or Jonathan Crane or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm still stuck on that is, is what I'm getting I mean, at I, 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 I... Am you're, I you're me, getting stuck on that? No, you're just throwing me a curveball here. I'm trying to think about the... I mean, obviously he wants to create, like, a sense of despair and, like, hopelessness for Bruce Wayne. But I've never understood that with villains. Like, either you like... What, what's your... Like, if I'm bad and I think Gotham needs well, to Well, you gotta die, think about what, what's his end game though. That to destroy Gotham, right? Exactly. Okay. So, one way or another, he's going to destroy Gotham. He can just pull the trigger and blow it up, sure. But he also has this thing where he wants to like break down the soul, he calls it, of uh, Bruce Wayne. He wants to like, rip apart his soul, so he's trying to... Listen, I'll tell you the number one way to break down someone's soul. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing click on, a, on an atom bomb or a neutron bomb. While they're looking bomb, at a, they're, looking they're at a TV, TV. Yeah. across the world. Yeah. That seems pretty soul-crushing to me. I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. I guess it's like it's like the escalation of soul-crushing. I don't know. You, you bring up a good point. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just I'm trying to think about it now. Another I, thing with this... This is what I'm going to be thinking about for the next week. Like when I'm, it's going to be that, that, that meme when the the wife's yeah, like, like next to the like, husband. Oh, he's, he's, it's obviously like, he's probably thinking about, about girls. Yeah, and it's right. like, man, so why did Bane not just blow up off? <laughs> I don't know. Another thing that I think is interesting with these series of movies, and I feel like I really noticed it in this one, is that how almost little deaths mean on screen. Like, Bane kills the mayor. He kills Pavel. He kills Daggett. Well, the, uh, I don't know his, his title, but the, not the police commissioner, the guy that... Yeah, the guy he's always that, arguing with Gordon. Yeah, he's he, obviously he, trying he, to take over Gordon's job. Eventually. He comes. He comes out in his his dress blues. Yeah. at the very end, he dies because Gordon gives him the great monologue. He's like, "I'm not asking you to walk down the street in your dress yeah. blues, but 
like you're just hiding behind your wife. You, I don't, I want to say the p word, but um, pansy. He, but he, uh, yeah, he eventually dies. He gets shot down, and it just feels like so. Like, I mean, that guy is like a small. You know what I mean? Like whatever. But still, it was kind of like I thought it was a fairly big moment. No, I mean obviously not, it's not a top ten moment in the movie. Yeah, but I thought it was a fairly. It's a, a. I don't know. Everything just kind of seems like oh, like yeah, the the mayor's press box just. Just, it's the last movie of a trilogy, though, so I, I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, okay. all these, like, big deaths and stuff. It's, like, the okay. culmination of... Fair enough. ...of the movie. Um, so, we haven't we haven't talked about Alfred. And I, I wanted to bring this up because the scene... There's two amazing Alfred scenes that I had both of them on my... Again, so when I ran the marathon and I was training for it, I always had these, like... I had a bunch of music on my yeah. phone, or whatever I was listening to, but I also had, like, these movie clips and like whatever so some of my movie clips I had a couple of movie clips or a couple of clips from this movie and just because I don't know why I, I think it's just the hearing it it's interesting to me it gets my mind off things but the scene when he reveals to Bruce that he's leaving yeah and he's like Bruce like um, like you can't it, it again I've done this the last two movies so I have to finish it off here it's the Rocky Adrian scene in yep. Rocky Four, when Rocky comes home from the press conference, and this is when the first time that Adrian and him are talking about the fact that he's going to go fight this roided-up monster. Yeah. Parallel to here. And she's like, you can't win! And then he's like, Adrian always tells the truth. Adrian, you always tell the he's truth. He's like, maybe I can't, but to beat me, he's going to have to look me in the eye and be willing to kill me. And I don't think he's ready to do that. Or whatever he says, and it's just like, you're, huh? t- you're telling your wife you're going to go get killed, basically. Yep. But um, it's that, that scene where Adrian's like, you can't win. And it's like this character that has always been had his back, has always pumped him up, has always trusted him and supported him in all of his crazy decisions. He's always wanted to go in this ring and get his brain damaged in by yep. those people because that's what he loves to do. And she always supported him. Yep. But this is where she draws the line because this guy just killed Apollo Creed. Yep. Rocky's been retired. They're well off. He's got a kid. He's yep. got a wife. What's he, why What's is he doing point? this? Yep. Well, here we have Alfred, who's always supported Bruce yep. in all of his crazy endeavors. What? You want to go dress up like a bat and hop on rooftops and fight crime? Okay. Go for it. Let's Master do this. Um, but this is where he draws the line. And he's like, there's a scene before this where he's like, he's faster than you, stronger than you. He, he fights with... I don't know what he says. Yeah, he's um, referencing the fact that like a, he's a desperate man. He he fights like he's yeah. He's like you know, you're gonna you can't win again. Yeah. You know, you're, you're gonna get killed. Um, so then Alfred is like at his wits end, and and Bruce is like fighting crime down. He's like, hey, go take this Lucius. We're gonna bust this wide open. I'm gonna figure this out. Yep. Um, it was I think it was the thing that he pulled from the, the iPad that he was stealing all the stock market things. It was after that big. They're gonna scene. try and figure out what stocks were traded or yeah. Um, which it that scene was great nothing. too. Like the scene when the, all the spotlights are on Batman and he's just looking up like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, yeah. you let him go because of me? Well, and that became part of the, you know, it. here's Bruce Wayne coming back thinking things are like normal. Yeah. And it's like, oh wait, last time they saw Batman, like you I now became Killed two like, cops and I... Exactly, know. yeah. And all this other stuff. And so yeah, Quote of course unquote. they're going to go after you because, right. you know, again at the time they're like, well... We, 
We don't know if Bane. We don't care about Bane. This is Batman. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. But he, he just want to. He's shaking his fist at you, idiot. And he reference and Alfred references that in his yeah. conversation with with Bruce. Well, then, then you get the Blake conversation with the again the police officer that dies. <laughs> his name. The guy started trying Gordon's job. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, we're gonna do something that Jim Gordon never did. We're gonna get the Batman. Yeah. And he's like, but we're letting Bane go. Yeah. Anyways, so Alfred is like. I'll do this last thing, but I'm going to leave you. Like Peter Foley. Peter Fo- Is that the character's name? That's the character. Does that have his title on there? Is he like lieutenant or something? Sergeant? He's, it just says um, Gordon's second in command. Okay. Um, and Bruce is like, why are you going to leave me, man? Like, that's not cool. And then Alfred reveals to him. Or he's like, but you're not ready to move on. And he's like, I can't move on. Rachel died and we're going to yeah. be together and I'm heartbroken. Can't you tell? And Alfred's like, what if she wasn't going to be with you and she yeah. wanted she chose harvey over you and he's like but she i wouldn't know that yeah and he's like what if i burn the leather i can't do an english accent yeah and then he's like how dare you use rachel and he's like we should let the truth have its day which that thing comes up later too yeah um and then bruce is like you expect to just destroy my world and we're just going to shake hands and kumbaya yep and Alfred's like, no, I know this means that we're done, but I'm, this is the only thing I can do to possibly save your life. Yep. And he leaves. We don't see Alfred again until the end of the movie. Until the end of the movie. And Bruce... <laughs> Bruce wakes up the next morning with someone at the doorbell. He's, and he's like, like, Alfred? He's like, like what the hell? Like, wait, were you being serious, man? Yeah, like, like, you left? I gotta answer my own door now? He's, he's like, I'm over that, man. I'm over it. Go away yeah. the door. And then he gets locked out later, and he's like, I never needed a key. I never needed a key. Why, why would I need a key? Damn it. Maybe I shouldn't be mad at Alfred. Uh, that was funny. But he, uh, yeah, that scene is just so amazing for, with Alfred, and it just, it's a culmination of the relationship. And then at the end, when he presumes Bruce Wayne's dead, he's pronounced dead, uh, Bat Wayne's flown over the river with the atom bomb. We see the mushroom cloud. Yep. Uh, the autopilot doesn't work. That, yeah. The freaking autopilot. The autopilot. <laughs> Lucius Fox and him with the autopilot. I know. Fuck it's like, how, how's the uh, the bat flying? Well, it's great, but I wish I had an autopilot, yeah. the asshole. Like, why don't you fix that? <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough time. And then at the end, when, when he's in the bat and, and Blake's like, what are you going to do? You're going you're gonna to eject yourself right before you, you drop the bomb? He's like, he's like there's no autopilot. <laughs> Lucius, Lucius, that asshole that put it on a pilot. <laughs> Can you believe that? All these fucking weapons, and he just he couldn't fix the autopilot. Oh, that's funny. He's like, what? Who's Lucius? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, man! I just asked if you're gonna, you know, gonna eject. Uh, so <laughs> that autopilot. Um, but then we get the great scene of Alfred when he's at the grave. Yeah. The funeral. Uh, uh, Jim Gordon's reading like the. Tale of Two Cities or whatever, and or the excerpt from it, and Alfred's like, the camera, it's beautiful directing too, because they're at Bruce's gravestone. Yep. The camera pans to him looking at Martha and Thomas's gravestones. Yeah. And he's just like, I failed you. You trusted me and I failed you. And because he feels like he should have stayed with Bruce. Maybe he could have, you know. He shouldn't have left him. Yeah. He's like grieving over that, that yep. concept, which, you know, probably wouldn't have done anything. But then, the last Alfred scene. He's over having his... He's in Florence, man. He's in Florence having his Fern Frompke. What was the drink that he said? Yeah, it was a, I think a dessert wine. I don't know what it was. He, he, he said, earlier in the movie, he said, I know when you were uh, over uh, 
learning how to be Batman. Yeah. I, I was hoping that one day I'd go to Florence. Every year I'd go for one day and hope that I'd just run into you and see you with the wife and kids and then you... Yep. You were never going to get up to Gotham because over here there's just there's, there's just pain and, and vehicles without autopilot. Yep. And so then we get the culmination of that scene when he sees him and Selina over in Florence. Yep. Happily ever after. No, it's, it's... It's a touching scene. It is. It's at the very end. It's like, okay, he made it. Like... And he just puts his card in his wallet and just walks away. He doesn't go yeah. and say, like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, You're alive. Hey. He just walks away and he, Alfred can die happy now. Yeah. He's, he's, he served his thing. He did his, um, did his duty. Something interesting that I just noticed here. So the congressman that um, Selena Kyle rides in the car yeah, yeah. with plays Thomas Wayne in the Joker movie. Oh, he does. Yes. There's a, oh, man. Wow. Which is interesting. My mind's blown. Yeah, he's in the bathroom scene when he's like. You're my dad. And he's like, fuck you, I'm not your dad. Yeah. Your mom was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that movie. I, I want to review that movie on the podcast at some point, but I don't yeah. know if I'm ready to tackle it yet. I've watched it twice now. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough movie. But anyways. Um, and while we're on the climax, we should probably talk about the climax of all the characters. Because this is an amazing climax. It reminds me so much of The Dark Knight too. It mirrors it where there's like, Pivotal scene after scene after scene, and it's, and it's like weaving all of these right, and it's like all these amazing lines of dialogue and stuff, and then it hits on that awesome Hans Zimmer score. Yeah, like the last one, Dark Knight ends with him like driving off, and it's like he is—he's not the the White Knight; he's the Dark Knight, or yeah. I forget what Gordon says. It's well, that there's another great moment too, where you know he's like, "I never cared who you were, like yeah. whatever," and he's like, "Sometimes." Be the hero, the little boy. You know, whatever. Putting a coat around a little boy yeah. and telling him the world's going to be okay. <laughs> and then he's like, Bruce Wayne? Because that was the only kid he ever put a coat around in his I'm entire sure. life. No, it, it was a great a great moment, though, and it was a culmination of their relationship. Um, done beautifully. Great acting by Gary Oldman. Uh, and then, did we get Joe... Uh, Blake, Blake, he goes in for the uh, the hearing of all the 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 reading of the will and who gets what, who is inheriting yeah. what or whatever. And he goes to the woman. He's like, um, "John Blake, I heard there's something for me." Yeah. She's like, "Nope, nothing under that name." And he's like, "What about my real name, Robin?" Or she's like, "You should go by your real name." That's cute, Robin. He drinks a Fernet Branca. Fernet Branca. What is that? It's a. Uh... Uh, really, it's a brand of Fernet. Uh, is a type of Amaro, a bitter, aromatic spirit. Fernet is made from a number of herbs and spices, which vary according to the brand, but usually myrrh, rhubarb, chamomile, cardamom, aloe, and especially sam- saffron. Uh, it's a it's a digestif after a meal. Hmm. I want to have one of those one day. I, it apparently has a cult following in Argentina. Oh. Fernet con coca, which is... Coca-Cola and Fernet mixed. Interesting. I would try that. Something expensive. Though. You'd be the people that drink Calimocho in Spain, where they mix red wine and Coke. All the young kids drink red wine and Coke mixed together. That's an interesting. I mean, I would try that. Ugh. I don't know. There's nothing that sounds even good to me about well, that. Oh, okay. Do you, do you mix Coke with uh, like whiskey or anything? Yeah, but that, okay. I don't know. I feel like maybe that's... No, that, that's much norm, more normal. I just don't know if yeah. you're, like, adverse to that. Anyways, or averse, not Sorry, adverse. Sorry, I, I took you. Um. Um, 
Oh yeah, so Blake he he finds the Batcave. Yeah. And this is uh, Bruce Wayne's idea of saying, "I need you to be Batman, so that I don't have to come to this crummy town anymore." Yeah. So I'm gonna go have some firm firme bronches. <laughs> Bronk. Bronk with uh, my my lady now, uh, Selena, who's got the clean slate now. Yeah. So we're both off the grid. But so they 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 put up the Batman statue at the end. Is Bruce Wayne declared dead and Batman? Like, do people don't like uh, think that's funny? Or do they just like, assume Bruce Wayne is a casualty of all the deaths that were happening on the island of Gotham City at the time? Yeah, because, I mean, he was in and out of... I, I mean, I'm sure, like, hundreds of people died, so they're probably like, oh, yeah, yeah he died, like, someone shot him during the yeah. the war between Bane's army and the cops. Yeah, or <laughs> okay, I guess whatever, he walked the plank, he walked the ice. Yeah, okay. That's fair. But yeah, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt becomes the next Batman slash Robin. Do you think it's interesting that they ended the movie on a quote-unquote cliffhanger like that? Or if it was just suppo- just meant to show like, hey, like, look at all this information I have. Like, maybe refine your way back in the world type of thing. Like, not so much be Batman, but like, he, this kind of restores your like faith hope, in the Faith. Oh, Whatever. so you don't think it was like his intention to become the successor? No, I don't think so. I don't oh, really? It always felt weird to, to me for him to be like the successor to Batman. Like he he just didn't strike me as a Batman type of person. No, it's perfect for his character. He he threw away the idea of being cop, and then he even says the the Gordon at the end. He says, "It's like you know." He's like, "Can I change your mind about joining the force?" Yeah. And he's like, "No, you remember what you said about shackles when you're uh, a police officer? Basically, like you, I can cross the line, and you can't because you're a cop." Yeah. No, it's perfect. That's where his, that's the direction his character's going. I just thought it was interesting that for a person, he hates guns, yeah, he hates the shackles that it comes with being a cop. I just thought it was interesting that for you know a movie that you know he wasn't initially going to make. You know what I mean? Like the this third movie that then they ended it on a sequel like that, where it was just kind of like this ambiguous. Yeah, I mean, but it's I, not totally out of Nolan's. What does I mean? Inception ends on. Do you think uh, Blake becomes Batman or Nightwing? I don't know. I don't think I would want anybody else to, to take up the mantle of, of Batman in this universe. I, I, I had thought about it because, again, I want to write the sequel. Um, not a movie. I'd like to do a comic book form. So, Mr. Nolan, whenever I can have dinner with you and uh, you know browbeat you about this terrible plot yeah. device of uh, Blake finding out who Bruce Wayne is. Um, I, I think the, the idea of Batman continuing on is important for the city of, of, of having that symbol because yeah. then it's like it's like uh, what he, he talks about in the when we see uh, Liam Neeson make his cameo in this movie and he's like I am immortal like, much like the uh, Ra's al Ghul character in the comics yep so like maybe this idea of Batman's immortal so it's like wait a minute I saw Batman blow up in that mushroom cloud freaking Batman's over here fighting crime again like, what, <laughs> this guy's unstoppable yep and it would like add to the the legendary mystery of like people would like fear him because it was like this guy keeps coming back from the dead. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. But also Nightwing's a badass character too, so He is. And his name is Robin. How'd you feel about the reveal of him being Robin? I didn't mind it. It felt just like an homage to me it just felt like an homage. I never took it as like this is like this thing where I mean they're this is eight years ago now they're not making a sequel to this movie I think we can 
Well, we just talked about how Superman Returns was a sequel to uh, maybe, maybe in 20 years. I guess. I shouldn't say that. It'd be a mistake if it wasn't Joe Gordon-Levitt, though. So I did. I always just took it as like, oh, this is kind of like one of those legit, like you know what I mean, like tongue in cheek, like oh, like here's like something for the fans out there type of thing. Because there's people like uh, Tyler Hoskins, if you're listening, yeah, I was who say he despise was... this, and he thinks that he should have been named Dick Grayson throughout this movie, and I feel like that would obviously ruin the reveal. But we have this twice though, because Big... Randa Tate goes by a different name. Yeah. And that's a big reveal that was Talia Al Ghul the whole time. But she, she, that was just a suit, like a, a name that she was, you know what I mean? Like, he just didn't go by his first name. And I can understand why he didn't go, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. But I'm just saying like, the the point of the name thing was a, a device to have a reveal at the end for the crowd. Like, if she's going by Talia from the beginning, people would be like, oh, this is going to be Talia Al Ghul. She's not really a good person. So the reveal and the twist at the end would be ruined. For the people no, like, I just took it as like an homage to like whatever. I mean, Maybe I just felt, yeah, he's not, they're not ever going to make a sequel to this movie. So, like, what's the point of bringing in, you know what I mean? It's just, like, one of those fun things at the end where it's, like, like, oh, like, my name's Robin. Like, hey, there's Robin. I'm 100% fine with it. I'm I'm willing to accept whoever's interpretation of anything. I don't think that, this this idea that you have to be so, so comic book accurate is so stupid to me that's, like, well, actually. Just as long as it makes sense. I mean, if, if. If Nolan was to come back and say, like, this is, you know, he's going to end up being Nightwing or what, you know, whatever you said. Yeah. Then that's fine. Like, as long as it makes sense. Like, as long as it fits into whatever. I didn't need him to be, you know. It's, an, it's a different universe. I'm fine with it. I agree. Uh, man, do I have anything else to talk about with this movie? It's a freaking awesome movie. It Just, is. I, I said this at the beginning of uh, the recording. Uh, and I think I said this in Batman Begins that I had Batman Begins ahead of this, but I think after watching this, I think I'd have to put this ahead of Batman Begins. Really? Yeah, because I think there's just something satisfying. Even I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and like think about the. I think if I really stopped and thought about like the why didn't he just like blow up Gotham? Like, yeah, it's but... one of those things. Like, but it's not something. It's it is a question I have. Right. But it's also not something that I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna say that this movie sucked because of that because it didn't, and it had a, a lot of um, tying up of the. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a. It's the perfect conclusion because I, I talk about this all the time. I, I think the hardest thing to write in Hollywood is a series finale of a TV show, especially a, yeah. a very like high profile, prolific TV show. Um, there's just no, there's no way you're gonna be able to conclude a TV show and satisfy all the fans. So many people are gonna want to see. You know what I mean? That people be. They want either happy endings, or they want this, or they want that, or they want... Or there's like this one thread plot line from cliff... season six that yeah. you never tied up. We don't or... want cliffhangers. We don't want, you know, all these different things. Um, so uh, that's a hard thing to write. This is kind of the same con- similar concept as the ending of a trilogy, trilogy yeah. conclusion of it. And, and I think the best way to do it is to tie up most of those ends, you know, the majority of them, all the important ones, but then leave enough mystery to like yeah. to where you're 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 having these conversations of yeah. like what does he become batman yeah. or maybe he doesn't become batman maybe he's just supposed to just find out who batman was like have enough of, of that mystery there to where you're still having the conversation afterwards you're still yeah. you're left wanting more yeah but ultimately you're satisfied with all the other loose ends that are tied up because i feel like some people type all loose ends and everything's happy go lucky some people leave so much mystery that you're just yeah. like what, what the, the hell like, yeah, yeah like now you just want 
me to have more. No, I felt like this this had that fine line of like, hey, you know, like there's wondering, enough like, mystery, like oh, okay, but then you're also like, I'm content with this being over. Like this, I'm yeah. happy with the fact that I, you know what I mean, that these three movies are together. I mean, sure, I can sit here and wish that Christian Bale played Batman for, you know, ten more movies. Exactly. No, but, and you're left wondering like. I mean, does Bruce really stay away from Gotham? Like, this guy has his obsession with the city. Like, does yeah. he really stay away? But, like, I, I love I love wondering those things. I don't yeah. need to know the answer. Yeah. It's so I can lay in bed and think about it at night. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of paying attention to your... <laughs> but, yeah. So, awesome movie. Yeah. I, I love the fight scenes. I think it's the last thing I'm going to close on. The fight scenes were just brutal and intense. Yeah. Vicious. Like, it was finally... We, because you think about it, Batman with Scarecrow and Batman with Joker, Batman with Two-Face, none of those were his equal on a hand-to-hand yeah. level, combat level. Yep. This guy was, and it was intense, and I loved it. Just brutal. I agree. Hans Zimmer on the score, fantastic job. I I think the newest addition to the score this this time around was the the Catwoman score. Uh, speaking of cats, I have a cat at the door. You have a cat. Uh, the Catwoman score. The yep. dee Like, it was a cool little thing. She had her own little theme. So let's, uh, oh crap. Let's talk about the, uh, what was going on in the world during this time. Um, I, I closed out this tab, sorry. Oh man. Was it 2012? July 2012? Okay. So the box office in July 2012, the uh, week this movie came out, it was number one, as you can imagine. Number two was Ice Age Continental Drift. Number three, in the second week was Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Wow. Ted, Magic Mike, Medea's Witness Protection. These were what was going on in the uh, the world of... Medea. Yeah, your favorite, the Medeas of the world. <laughs> hey, Tyler Perry, he's, a, he's a, a, a stellar director. <laughs> sure. I mean. All right, so music. This one, you're going to... You can guess this one. I'm sure. 2012, Katy Perry. July 2012. Katy Perry was a good guess, but no. I think uh, she had a song earlier that year. She had part of me in March. Um, after this was Flo Rida with Whistle and Taylor Swift with We Are Never Getting Back Together. We are never... Ever... This song that I'm trying to get you to guess. Uh, it's a female artist. She has three names. Uh, call me maybe. I don't know what to say. Carly oh, Rae Jepsen with Call Jepson. Me Maybe. If you would have told me it was um, uh, Darcy Fosnott's ringtone, I would have definitely got that. Darcy Fosnott. <laughs> oh, man. What if she's one of our nine listeners? <laughs> I was going to say, do I have to cut that out? That's going to be like... Uh... <laughs> she's gonna be... <laughs> I just can't imagine her listening to this in the car. Wow. Okay, that was a a pull. I'm off my rails now. I don't know what I'm doing. What's happening? Okay. Um, yes, but R- Alex and I used to have a the person that was in charge of payroll for McDonald's when we were working there. That was her ringtone. Yeah. Hey, I just met you. <laughs> I can still picture myself sitting in the office here. Yeah. Holy crap! I'm I'm done. I'm done. All right. Some video games happening during this time. Do you have any guesses? Injustice. I don't know. 2012. I think it just was 2013. 
What was I doing in Tales of Terror? That's the question. <laughs> Ghostbusters Paranormal Blast. Oh, that's on iOS. I don't recognize any of those games. I mean, there's like Amazing Spider-Man, AFL Live, NCAA 13, Final Fantasy 3 on the Droid. I guess uh, Metal Gear Solid celebrated the 25th year anniversary. Okay. So that's important. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good on the video game front. Max Payne 3. Okay. Uh, comic books during this time was the Avengers vs. X-Men storyline. Uh, Walking Dead 20 came out this month. And then Batman was in the Court of Owls, which is one of the... Of modern Batman stories, it's probably one of the bigger ones that came out. It was by Scott Snyder and... I forget who did the artwork, but that was a big deal. And then before Watchmen was being written right now, which was like a prequel to Watchmen about all the characters. Uh, you can imagine how Alan, Alan Moore felt yeah. about that. That's about it. Um, Do you know if the Harley Quinn TV show, I feel like we've talked about this multiple times, but why did I not, why have I not watched this? I want to watch it. I know it's moving to HBO Max. Do you know what the, series is on HBO Max currently? I don't think we've watched... We have talked about that. Okay. Um, but that is... People rave about that cartoon. Yeah, but that's what I'm reading. Like, people are like, like... They think it's like... Laugh out loud. Like, you actually... Belly laugh out loud. Funny yeah. TV show. Yeah, like... I haven't watched it, though. Uh, it's on the DC Universe. I did hear from a gentleman at the post office who was uh, bugging me. Because <laughs> I, I buy a lot of... Buy and sell a lot of comic books online, so I'm frequently going to the post office to ship books out. And I had a Diamond Industries box, and this guy's like, oh, you read comic books? So, of course, I'm in this long line. This guy's got to bug me about comic books. And he starts talking about the Swamp Thing TV show. Oh. So then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I heard they, because uh, they're, they're airing the first season on CW, which I have heard. But then he said they're, they're coming out with season two on HBO Max. But this says that. Th- that's what will get me an HBO Max subscription if they do a season two of that that the series was officially renewed for third season along with the announcement that the show would permanently move to hbo max that was september 18th so like two weeks ago that that's hard that's a harley quinn yeah i want to be surprised if they moved it because i think doom patrol and doom patrol definitely moved to hbo max because i just want to know can i watch it on hbo max right now you should watch doom patrol that's getting a lot of rave reviews i don't want to watch that why (laughs) it's like a show about a bunch of weird heroes that are like have you have you watched uh What's that person? The Lost Boys? Not the Lost Boys. Uh, the Boys. Oh, no. I haven't watched that. I, I mean, I hear that... The, the, I want to watch this... Uh, go watch it tonight. The The no. Boys is getting a lot of rave reviews, but I didn't, I didn't really care for the comic book too much. That was another one of those... Uh, People viewed this through the lens of Watchmen because that was pretty much a Watchmen knockoff concept. The series debuted on HBO Max on August 1st, 2020. There's the answer. What? what I was looking for. Harley Quinn. Okay. Maybe I'll watch an episode tonight. You watch Doom Patrol. Um, no, it's... it's uh, We're past the, the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, we're, so we're, we've completed the Nolan trilogy. We're working our way through all the Batman movies. That's what we're, we're doing here for your new listener. Really, we only have one more Batman movie. That's not true, too. Three. Three. You're right. We have Batman v Superman, Justice League. And then Lego Batman. And Lego Batman. Yeah. So three more Batman appearances on the big screen. Um, and then we'll move on to our next project. In between, though, we are going to watch Man of Steel. Uh, that'll be the episode that comes out next week. So be on the lookout for that. And then we'll do Batman v Superman. 
uh, Justice League will be mixed in there, Lego Batman, and we have some other things on the docket. So yeah. be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Prevails. I've been reviewing a lot of old action movies based on the movies that were featured in the documentary in the search of the last action heroes. So doing little short Twitter reviews of those. Be on the lookout for that at podcast prevails. Follow us on Facebook. And that's it. I don't know. What do you want to say? See everyone. Man of steel next week. Yep.